This is the Inside Edge, and I'm Bob McElligot. Tonight, Jody Shelley and I are going to be joined by Jeff Rimmer, and we're going to talk about the Blue Jackets and the NHL roundtable style. It's all coming up next. As the official security provider of the Columbus Blue Jackets, Vector Security is invested in the success of the entire Central Ohio area. If you run a business here, they understand your primary focus is serving your customers. And a big part of that is making sure your customers, your employees, and your inventory are all safe and secure. Vector Security can help. Schedule a business security health check today and one of their local security experts will help assess your needs. Visit them online at VectorSecurity.com slash BlueJackets to learn more. As the official financial services partner of your Columbus Blue Jackets, Bread Financial is ready to join the fifth line and light the fuse. And that's not just cannon fodder. They're proud to support the Blue Jackets and our Columbus communities with simple, personalized payment, lending, and saving solutions. Whether you're looking for buy now, pay later options, credit cards, CDs, or high-yield savings accounts, Bread Financial gives you the freedom to choose what's best for you. Learn more at breadfinancial.com. Grippo's is the original fun food company for over 100 years. Whether you're watching the Blue Jackets at home or cheering them on at Nationwide Arena, grab a bag of Grippo's potato chips. Third, fourth, and fifth generations of the Grippo family are committed to making the freshest, highest quality potato chips and snack foods that we can eat. Cheer on your Columbus Blue Jackets with the official potato chip partner, Grippo's. Welcome to the Inside Edge. I'm Bob McElligot, joined by Jody Shelley. And this week, we're bringing Jeff Rimmer in with us for the duration of this because we've reached the quarter pole, as they say, in the National Hockey League. Quarter of the season is over now for the Blue Jackets. Uh, they're just coming off a couple of losses at home, a couple of hard-fought losses at Nationwide Arena and getting ready to hit the road to take on the Winnipeg Jets on Friday. So, first of all, welcome, guys. Uh, Jody, talking about these the close games that the Blue Jackets have been involved in, and I know that uh, you want to get close wins, not just being close games, but let's be honest. The Blue Jackets a couple of weeks ago were routinely giving up five, six, even seven goals in a game. You look at the last couple, it's been three goals against. Their structure is getting better. I'm sure some of that has to do with the fact that the personnel is now settled in uh, with less injuries and less illness, but also they are just back to playing a simple game, aren't they? Yeah, you know what? It's uh, it's kind of too bad that it took all this time for this, them to find their game because, you know, you go back to the beginning of the year and game one when line A gets hurt, I mean, that that kind of puts a lot of things in a, in a tailspin. But at that point, if you think about Johnny Goodrow coming to Columbus back in July, the expectations got higher, and we were all going to sit back and wait and watch line A and Goodrow just bring this team to another level and not that they were going to do it right away but the injury of course Johnny Goodrow's now played with almost everybody in the forward group at some point uh, due to injury and, and illness and you know those expectations were there and I think the players might have I mean I think it's human nature for you to expect the best players to take you to another level and I think they caught out got caught up in that a little bit early in the season and then the injuries came, the big one to Zach Wierenski. And from there, it's been trying to find a way to win, which if you go back to last year, we watched this team closely overachieve for most of the season. And it was playing the way they're playing right now as a committee. And they didn't do that early. And I think it had to do with human nature, superstar in the lineup, 
we can change our game. We can sit back in this. The power play is going to be better. Uh, you know, they're going to score all the goals. It hasn't worked out that way. So I think a great lesson for the guys who are here now and will be here in the future to remember that this is a baseline for work ethic first and then skill. And, Jeff, one interesting thing about this, and Jody's talking about Patrick Laine, who's getting close to coming back into the lineup here. Um, all of a sudden, Johnny Gaudreau, Boone Jenner, and Gus Nyquist are starting to work pretty well together. You just look at the the last game against the Vegas Golden Knights. They're responsible for getting the two goals uh, in that game for the Blue Jackets. So it'll be interesting when Line A comes back to find where he fits in this lineup. Do they just put him right back in the same spot that he was, or will they maybe uh, – tinker with things a little bit there and, and give uh, Nyquist a chance to keep playing on that line. That's a great thought. Uh, for one, let's talk about line A specifically. Uh, he's back skating. Uh, he's close. It'll be exactly three weeks. They said initially three to four weeks. It will be three weeks on Friday for that game in Winnipeg. Uh, I would not rule him out. Uh, there's that possibility. And uh, if not, perhaps uh, Sunday, the Jackets will be back uh, on home ice against the Detroit Red Wings, uh, a rival, if you will. And uh, I, I think you're going to see him in one of those two games. Now, uh, let's go back to uh, when Goodrow was signed and the talk then. Yeah, we wanted Line A and Goodrow together. Uh, how will the chemistry work? But Brad Larson said at the time, this is not a given. We may have to split them up. And for me, Coach Rimmer, although it's above my pay grade, I would try having line A play with someone else, perhaps Jack Roslovic or Cole Sillinger, and keep Jenner, Nyquist, and Goodrow together. At least they've developed the chemistry. Uh, and for me, Goodrow's play has been elevated. And the fact that he played the other night uh, and was sick, didn't take part in, in practice the day before, missed the morning skate, I thought he was pretty effective, and we know he wasn't. Anywhere near 100%. No, he wasn't, you know what? but you wouldn't have known it by the game. Go ahead, Jody. I agree. I, I keep keep those guys apart. That's that's my thought right now is because, you know what? You've tried to let them work through it a little bit earlier in the year, but now you've found something. And Nyquist, reward him with his hard work. Exactly. Uh, his smarts. Reward Jenner with his hard work. They've got something going, and don't change it up on Johnny. I think that's a key here. I think Patrick Wine has got to find his game, which we haven't seen all year, before he earned that top-line spot, and that's how it always should be. They did it with Roslovic. He's had to earn everything he's got. He was a healthy scratch. He's starting to skate more, shoot better, be more noticeable. That has to happen in the locker room throughout the season, throughout the year, and now is an opportunity for this guy to come back in and earn his way in a few weeks, maybe. I don't know if it takes that long to get up there. Now, I will say, I don't think Patrick Line is going to go to Winnipeg, Jeff. I just don't think it. I could see him getting ready to play in Finland, but I don't think he's going to hustle to play Friday in Winnipeg. I think he'll play in Detroit. That's just my opinion. No, no, I think it's a very good opinion because, frankly, and uh, not telling any tales out of school here, I asked Line A last week, uh, he was uh, in the tunnel, and uh, I said, uh, Patrick, uh, we're going to Winnipeg next week. Are you going? And he started laughing. And uh, he said, hey, I did Winnipeg last year, and, of course, it was his first time back. He'd prefer not playing there. So Jody's on to something there. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, Jody. You're, and, I may have even told you that. <laughs> oh, now, now he's taking credit for your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> not taking credit for his opinion, but just the fact that I told him what Line A had to say. But, but, hey, but let's what else talk, should I may, say? They may need him in the lineup. 
They may need him in the lineup because of uh, illness going around the dressing room. Well, that's true, that's too. That's right. Well, let's talk about Rosselnick a little bit more here, Jody, because even if he's been a little bit better lately, he's still not the guy we saw in the final 23 games last year. There's no question about that. He needs to get his game going. He and Patrick have played together uh, before, both in Winnipeg and here in Columbus. Uh, maybe that's something could, that could benefit the both of them. Yeah. You know what? It's interesting with Rosselnick because – he didn't get a chance on the top line. You know, he's a guy that they expect the details of the game to be there first. And that's defensive zone as a centerman being in the right position. And when you get the puck, make the right play, which is not a skilled play to get out of the zone or a skilled play to get in the zone. And it's cost Jack ice time and moments in games where he's turned the puck over at a critical moment. So he's still learning in that regard. But if he gets back to that game, he's got enough skill He's smart enough. It's the simplistic part of his game that he gets away from too easily that gets him in trouble. Now, his, he's a great skater, so when he's skating and he's in those positions, he helps everyone. But he's also a guy that needs someone who understands how he plays. He needs a straight-ahead player on his wing. He needs someone he can get the puck to and get it back to, obviously, too. So there's a mix there for Jack because it's not only on him. It's on all the moving parts around him. But – He's a player that, with last year's stretch, as you mentioned, Bob, expectations have risen. So, yeah, And I love that with Brad Larson, but I think that there's things that have to be earned from everybody in the lineup. That's the only way it works. Uh, so if Rosevich has to go through it, everyone else has to go through it. But in Larson's defense, he doesn't know who's in the lineup from day to day. Yeah. He doesn't know who's in practice from day to day. So it's it's hard to hold that accountability when – Guys that you're going to sit get sick or injured, and then you have to play someone who you were going to sit, and it's just kind of a, a, a struggle in that regard. I've seen uh, some improvement here in the last few games from Roslovic, but understand he hasn't scored since October 22nd, over a month. They got a goal and assist that night against Pittsburgh. Uh, I think it's 12 or 13 games now. He came close the other night against Vegas, uh, had a yeah. gaping wide-open net, uh, also sent one off the outside of the net. So he's getting closer, but, uh, hey, this is a game of results. We want to see results from Jack, and he's certainly capable. Brad Larson keeps preaching patience with Kent Johnson. Jody, what do you see out of Kent Johnson's game? And, and I know part of that patience is playing the 200-foot game, and if you go to the Vegas game the other night, he made a couple of good defensive plays in that game. Yeah, he did. I see a young player. I really do. I see a player who's got oodles of skill. Uh, his hockey sense is great but he needs a little more ice uh, in some spaces and some spaces he doesn't, but he doesn't do things quick enough for me on entries into the offensive zone. He thinks he's got more time than he's got or plays that need to be, be made a little quicker. So there's a, there's a next, an extra gear in some of his plays. I love the way he's progressed. I will say this is a guy that's not taking a dip. I think patience is the right word because he's slowly getting better. We're watching this guy get better right in front of us. But there are times in the game where it's just it should be on and off your stick to your to the open man or the wide side of the ice. But he tries that extra turn back or the, that extra, you know, it, it might be on a stick for half a second too long. But in the National Hockey League with big players with long reaches and strong sticks, it, it ends up being you're costing your whole line to go back and play the other way. So those plays to me will come with with just figuring out what are we 21 games into the season this year it's still a young part of that season i know it's felt like a long stretch here uh, you know with the finland trip and everything else but this kid will progress and just give him time to get past the halfway mark to kind of figure out 
the speed of the game and how things have to be done a little bit quicker. All right, here's my Howard Cosell question, and it goes to the man that played the game. Jody, would it be any better or worse if he moved to center? <clears throat> Excuse me, moved to center. Yeah, I think that's something he's got to earn. I, I, I don't know. That's a very good question. Um, you know, the center ice position, he can be taken advantage of, I think, by the opposition because, you know, you have in this league now, you've got such good skating defensemen who get up in the play and force in the offensive zone, which is another dynamic for a young centerman. Uh, you have big, strong wingers on the boards, and you've got the opposition and have to work well with your defensemen. And right now, with the Blue Jackets defensive core, without Wierenski, without some key pieces back there, I would not expose him in the middle of the ice until you're solid back there so he can have – because right now it's more block shots, uh, push pucks away, get the puck out quick. I think he's doing a better job on the wing. Let him get his confidence and then move him to center. You know, when you ask the Howard Cosell question, you got to do it like this. Jody, let me ask you this. <laughs> Would he benefit from going That's to? That's what I was waiting for. Going to the American Hockey League. No, but and in all seriousness, <laughs> and, and I want to ask you this question because we've talked about this before, whether um, top-line minutes in the American League would be better for his development at different points. He's but, not alone. There could be other no, guys go down, right. too. That's right. Let's, but, let's but, open it up here. But here's what I, well, here's what I want to ask you on that. You're saying that the speed of the game is what he needs to get adjusted to. And you know from playing there, the speed in the American Hockey League is not what it is in the National Hockey League. I mean, he might go there and have a lot of success, but he'll be able to do things differently. I just talked to Trey Fix-Wolanski about this the other day. He said, I, I, I prefer to play in the NHL, and that's, I mean, that's a no-brainer, but it was from the standpoint of guys are where they're supposed to be when you're in the National Hockey League. When you're in the American Hockey League, it's a complete scramble. I mean, you know, the third and fourth line guys are trying to make a name for themselves, and and they're all over the place. So, it, But, again, it's that speed factor. You're saying he needs to adjust to the speed. Is it better for him to be doing that here where the speed is as high as it's going to get? The speed and strength. No, I don't think it's better for him to go to the American Hockey League. Half the American Hockey League team is here, first of all. And we've seen a great sample size of players come from the American Hockey League and struggle when they get here. It's not the same thing. If you're going to learn and you're a top-end guy, now, Shane Wright out in, in Seattle is in a different position because that team is rolling along and playing above expectations, and they have their guys slotted in the top six. He's not getting those minutes out there, so he goes to the American Hockey League. They need that kid to play. For me, Kent Johnson's getting more minutes. He's getting tested more. There's no pressure right now with all the injuries. He's getting that. He's getting a real look at what he can do now and into the future. And I think it's a valuable time for him to play at this level because it's not like you put him on the ice and, you, and you're holding your breath like, uh-oh, what's going to happen? You know, there's there's eight good shifts, and then there's a moment where, okay, he'll learn that you can't do that. So for me, he's in the right spot doing the right thing and in a great environment. He's one that does need, not need to go to the American Hockey League. I think we should debate this because I'm of the sure. other opinion, all right? And let me say this. Look around the National Hockey League, and as a good example – Let's look at the Detroit Red Wings and what Steve Eiserman is doing right now. He has not rushed his draft picks to the NHL. He has taken his time, and you're seeing the fruits of, of really what he has done at the NHL level with the players that have come up here right now. And if you're exceptional and you're a top pick and you're ready to play in the NHL, 
So be it. But what's wrong? And one thing about this Blue Jackets organization over the years, they have been guilty of rushing prospects, and it's hindered their growth, and some players never develop the way they were expected to develop. So why not? If the Blue Jackets continue to struggle, if they continue to struggle, I would not be opposed to seeing one or more of these young players back in the American Hockey League gain their confidence, and, hey, we don't have to look back too far. Jody Shelley, the other night on the telecast, we talked about the players that won the Calder Trophy in the American Hockey League and those players that, uh, including Zach Wierenski, although his situation was to uh, buy an extra year of NHL uh, uh, unrestricted uh, free agency from the Blue Jackets perspective, why he stayed in the American League, but they won a Calder Cup and those players came up and uh, of course uh, they developed here, further developed at the NHL level. Just I'm respectfully disagreeing. Well, here in, in, and here's what I'll say on that too, though. Uh, it's Look, to me, as you look at it right now, one thing that it, in the organization I think should be a priority is you have to make sure the Cleveland Monsters are going to make the playoffs. Right. Because this team is not in a good position for the playoffs right now. You've got to make sure they're going to make the playoffs, and then at least at the end you could send guys down there to play in that playoff. Now, I will also say this, and Jody, I know you've been a part of this before. Um, I remember one year in Syracuse, we got eight or nine guys that came back right before the playoffs. And we got knocked out after one round. And, you know, sometimes guys aren't fully invested. Uh, you're not getting paid once the playoffs come, right? Let's be honest about it. So you've got to really be bought into what's going on. So, you know, and it's great to say, well, make sure they're all down there for the playoffs. I'd even consider, based on what's going on here health-wise at that time, get them down there a couple of weeks beforehand, if that's what you're going to do, and get them as a group and get them invested and get them bought in and then make a run for it. Try to win the Calder Cup because I think we all agree with this. Learning to win and developing winners is a good thing. Yeah, and if you're going to send them down, they need six weeks or something to figure out their death chart. You know what I mean? I, you can't just send a bunch of horses down and then you have, no. don't have a third line. You have top-line guys, uh, too many top-line guys, and they're playing less minutes, and then guys aren't happy, then they're not invested. So you got to figure out what your team is. So I'll, I'll, I agree with that. There's something there for development and, and winning in the American Hockey League. But if you look at the situation in Columbus right now, back to Jeff's argument, the death chart is way out of whack. There, I mean, if your death chart was intact like it was early in the season and Ken Johnson was in and out of the lineup, uh, that's fine. But to me, this is a game-to-game situation. If he doesn't continue to improve, work on his game, take advantage of, of uh, all the tools that are here with coaches and video and time around teammates and learning from the best and playing against the best, then yes, there's a moment to go down. But right now, to me, there's no rush to send him down. Take it game by game. When he gets to game 40, that's when you start to see a dip with young players. Just because the intensity of the schedule, uh, they kind of get in a groove where whether it's good or bad, that they get into some habits. And that's maybe when you send him down for development. But, you know, just to say he's got to go down and play and have someone else here, I don't think this team is in that situation where they can't develop him right here for the time being. All right, let's talk about one more aspect of the Blue Jackets uh, before we go on to the league, and that's the goaltending aspect. We talked about Line A earlier. He's getting close to coming back. Elvis Merzlikens also has been out and is now skating again. The goaltending situation actually right now seems to be pretty calm and uh, settled here with Corpusalo and Tarasov uh, doing the work here. Corpusalo getting uh, the main 
the main uh, bulk of the games, and now Elvis is going to come back into that mix. What are you shaking your head about? Uh, Tarasov got hurt the other night. Oh, Completed yeah, the game, yeah, yeah. so I think it's going to be a moot point. Yeah, okay. At least from what I heard yesterday, I think what you're going to likely see is uh, Elvis backing up here before uh, he gets back into game action, and hopefully Corpusalo can stay healthy until Elvis uh, at least is, is ready to return to form. But uh, it's not believed to be a serious injury. But from what I understand, uh, he did tweak something the other night. But it's uh, okay. Then let's just talk about Corpusalo. Let's focus on that. Uh, Jody, uh, his play, both of them have been very calming in the net for this team in the last couple of games. And, and Corpusalo has looked more like a Corpusalo from two years ago yes. that we've seen. Yeah, you know, it's such a feel-good story to start this season with a guy with so many unknowns, and you think about him as an athlete coming in. I, I mean, it's, it's anxious times. He went down to the American Hockey League, played against the Syracuse Crunch, uh, was very nervous about that. But he gets back, and, and right, he's looked good. And I think that's a great thing for the team and him because a stabilized net, a calm net, a net that uh, is established like that and working with each other, is exactly what this team needs. Remember a couple of years ago, that's exactly what they had there. Uh, so, yes, it's calm. And, and listen, Elvis didn't have a good start to the year. And it seems like, you know, sometimes you need to take a step back. You know, you wait all season, you wait all off season to get going. You have all these expectations. You think you're in a different spot. You're going to do things differently. Things are going to be exceptional this year. And you get disappointed individually. And sometimes a step back is not bad. So for Elvis Merzlikens, uh, he's got to come in and be one of, Two, and establish that net, but play the you know play that team game that Corpusalo and Tarasov have been playing. I think uh, Corpusalo really hurt himself a couple over the last couple of years because he played through that hip injury, admitted it uh, before having surgery last March, and if you think back to. Uh, Corpusalo's play, particularly in the bubble, the bubble year, and how exceptional he was. He was the talk of the National Hockey League in those playoff series against Toronto and Tampa. And uh, I, I think he's capable of regaining that uh, that form. Certainly, if the Blue Jackets had a few more healthy defensemen in front of him, I think the goals that he's given up, several of them, uh, probably wouldn't have found their way to the back of the net. But it is what it is. He's going to make the best of it. And as Jody says, it's a feel-good story, and you got to pull for a guy like Corpus Salo. And it's going to create an interesting situation should he continue to play well as the season goes along because right. he's on a one-year contract. Exactly. So is he a guy that uh, you look to flip at the deadline? Is he a guy that you extend his contract because he's back to being the player that he used to be for you? That's going to be fun to watch, I guess. I think that uh, Corpusalo is really well-respected and liked by his teammates, and I think that goes a long way uh, with how supportive they have been of him uh, this season. And, uh, yeah, you pull for a guy like that. Yeah, no doubt about it. He is a he's a favorite inside of the dressing room. All right, we're going to take a quick break and come back and talk about the National Hockey League at the quarter pole, 20 games into the season for just about everybody. This is the Inside Edge. Whenever you're feeling good and hungry, it's skyline time. Gather together with friends and family, it's skyline time. My go-to order at Skyline is three cheese conies all the way. You can't beat that combination of flavors. When I get that coney craving, I know it's skyline time. Get Out and Learn provides boys and girls ages 5 to 9 the opportunity to try hockey for free. 
Each season, the Blue Jackets introduce more than 1,000 new kids to hockey through free ice and street hockey clinics. This program is designed for kids that have no prior experience. The Blue Jackets, with the help of Safe Light, are removing any barriers to getting started. Hockey helps kids develop life skills and character. Learn more at bluejackets.com goal and experience the excitement of hockey today. Dozers, excavators, skid steer loaders, and more. The Ohio Cat Rental Store has all your new and used equipment needs. We are celebrating more than 75 years of sales and service and are proud of our updated Columbus location. The Ohio Cat Rental Store. Big or small, we have it all. Visit online at ohiocatrentalstore.com or call us at 614-851-3737. Welcome back to the Inside Edge. Bob McElligot, Jody Shelley, Jeff Rimmer is joining us on this week's show. And uh, let's take a little trip around the National Hockey League right now. And we'll start right here at home in the Metropolitan Division where the surprise team so far, and it's a surprise to everybody but them because they thought they were good. Uh, I don't know how many other people thought that they were good and ready to really take a big step. I didn't. I didn't know their goaltending was going to be good enough. But the New Jersey Devils, they ripped off, what, a 13-game winning streak? That'll Hey, we've seen that before, right, Jody? You go through the big oh, winning yeah. streak, and that'll give you a lot of points that you need even when you're going to falter later in the season because everybody does. Everybody goes through a rough patch. But when you put up 26 points in a row, that'll take you a long way. Well, like I heard a great quote from someone, Put the points in the bank. They don't. They don't spoil. They don't spoil. So as long as you can put them away, tuck them away early. They're healthy. Uh, their depth chart is on point. They've added Marino, which is. Uh, I mean, it's so under underrated, but smart by Fitzgerald because Pittsburgh was so high on Marino. He comes in. He can move the puck. He can skate. He's with you know Dougie Hamilton's a factor. He's healthy. You pick up Palat, who hasn't played, but one of those key glue guys in the locker room. Uh, there and now they've established by patience waiting for their key guys. You know, he sure and, and all the all the young players up front, Brat, uh, Serengovich. These these guys have now blossomed, but they also are in the right spot on the depth chart. They play fast, they get out of their zone fast, and they're overwhelming teams. So it's got to be a great environment. I, you know, I remember when the Blue Jackets were going through. Was it sixteen in a row here? It, it was. It was all business, and it, it just seems like they weren't ever going to lose a game. And uh, in that market, it's really re-energized the New Jersey market now. The Rangers-Devils played earlier this week. The Devils went into Madison Square Garden, won that game. They play again next Monday. Uh, so lots of excitement there and a perfect time for the Devils to, I mean, rattle the National Hockey League. And then the game that broke their streak, they thought they got cheated in. Oh, yeah, they did. They did because three times the net was uh, dislodged and uh, they lost all three challenges. And uh, in the end, uh, they ended up losing the game. And uh, I'll tell you what, they certainly had uh, had a good argument. There's one player on that team, Jody didn't mention, that I think uh, has exceeded everybody's expectations. And, of course, he was the number one overall pick uh the year after, uh, or year, two years after, and we're talking about Jack Hughes, uh, their other number one overall pick uh, is their captain here today. But for me, Jack Hughes uh, is has far exceeded expectations. That guy's a fun guy to watch play. And I think that young man uh, who, I guess his contract hasn't been extended yet, but he's going to get some pretty uh, hefty money here because he is all world. 
Yeah, no question about that. And not only is the old world, but the, the funniest thing that happened in that streak was when they were they were in Toronto, right? Right. The reporter asked him about what do you need to do in this, and his answer was, well, we're on a nine-game heater. I think we're all right. <laughs> that just tell, and, Jody, that goes back Back. to that just goes back to what you were talking about. It, it, it's all business, but you gain confidence when you're playing that kind of hockey, when you're on that kind of a streak. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's delightful because even if you don't have a good game, even if you've made the mistakes and you get the victory, it's like, okay, I'll get, you know, you've got to get better next game and, and you will get better. You haven't, you know, it, it's a team thing. And, and when you have a team thing going like that, yeah, the, the confidence gets so high. You're so excited to be at the rink. I remember when I was in San Jose, I felt like we, would ne- we were never going to lose games. Uh, and we win games the wrong way. Like the goaltender would steal it or the power play would win it. You know, and that's the tough part for coaches in that situation because, you know, when the losses stack up, you can point out what you did wrong and hope to improve on. But when they keep winning and playing the music and doing the fun interviews, and you kind of be like, well, what are we going to say? You know, they, they did a nice they, – they're doing the right thing. So uh, just a just a great – a wonderful environment for those guys. they got to be having so much fun in that, in that city. Have oh. you talked to Lindy Ruff, the head coach there, Jeff? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh... It was fire Lindy initially, and now it's sorry, Lindy. I don't think I've ever heard hockey fans in a building in unison yell sorry to the coach. I mean, you can say everything you want and anything you want to the coaches and the players, but here they were apologizing because uh, after the first two games, both losses, uh, they were uh, looking for a coaching change there. Uh, I'd like to look at the uh, wildcard standings here, which obviously includes both uh, the Atlantic and the Metropolitan. And if you look today at where teams are, the two wildcard spots are owned by Detroit and Pittsburgh. Teams on the outside looking in, expected to be playoff teams. The New York Rangers, who are presently, as we sit here, two points out of the playoffs games are even with Pittsburgh. Detroit's got two games at hand. The Florida Panthers and Sergei Bobrovsky laying a big egg game after game after game. Uh, he lost last night in the return for Kachuk to Calgary. Uh, Montreal, Washington on the outside looking in. Uh, they beat Vancouver last night. Philadelphia, they ended a 10-game losing streak by beating the New York Islanders who maybe exceeding expectations at this point. So it's going to be a wild card race to the end, but there are teams that are counting on being in the playoffs, notably the Rangers in Florida who are on the outside looking in. Last year I couldn't read enough glowing praise of Igor Shosturkin for the New York Rangers. Every time I go on social media now, I can't find more criticism of anybody in the league more than Shosturkin. What's going on there, Jody? Well, they knew it last year, too. I mean, they knew it early last year that they were winning games because of their goaltending. He was off the charts, on the level, as the best goalie in the National Hockey League. And, you know, can you do it year after year? That's the question. So teams are now getting to him a little bit, starting to figure him out. And you think about that market, New York City, following Henrik Lundqvist, following up last year, probably trying to do a little too much in there to be the hero every night. So... He'll settle in and be fine. I think that team, uh, talk about exceeding expectations. They far exceeded expectations last year. Uh, I think Chris Drury did a good job of not changing the path of what he's trying to do there. But, uh, you know, they're they're one of those teams, again, that there's a few teams in that market that's gotten better. You talk about the Devils. Uh, The Bruins in the East are tied with the Devils in points, and and they're, (laughs) they're setting records at home for 
wins. They're just that's a team, an impressive team as well. A little more veteran team than the New Jersey De- New Jersey Devils, but you know, I just I think that the uh, Rangers will be fine. I'm surprised at Florida a little bit. I'm actually, uh, but you know, they made some big moves, so it'll be. Uh, there's some teams below the line who would definitely move up. Boston, I think, uh, are a surprise. They were missing their best defenseman. They were missing their, well, I wouldn't say number one forward, but certainly 1A or perhaps 1B. Uh, They missed them for several months or two months of the season. Uh, Now they've got them back. They're healthy. They're rolling. I would think that, uh, yeah, they're a team that uh, certainly in the Eastern Conference that can come out based on the way they're playing, and they're getting goaltending, and goaltending is so important. The other thing I wanted to say with regard to the Rangers and uh, the knives are already out for our buddy Gerard Gallant. Uh, you, you read the papers, be it The Athletic or Larry Brooks in the New York Post. And last year, Gerard was uh, the guy doing a great job. Adam's uh, a winner as the top coach of the National Hockey League. And already the knives are out that uh, the owner, Dolan, is not going to sit by idly. And uh, he might not have uh, had Gerard as his first choice. They've got to make a decision on the option of his contract. He's got next year on the deal, but by the end of this season, they've got to tell him if they want to play the option and give him that extra year. So uh, don't be surprised if the Rangers continue to struggle that that could be one of the teams that make a coaching change. I didn't know if you were going to talk about him or Artemi Panarin. Oh, he has struggled big time. And uh, he did score the other night to end a 12-game goalless drought. But, uh, yeah. Uh, they're trying to find a centerman. He lost his centerman, Strom. He was upset that yeah. uh, he was let go as a free agent, and he just hasn't really found himself. And they've moved him around. He's now playing with Zibanejad on the top line. They're trying to find somebody that uh, can get him going. But I, I did, in fact, talk to uh, Gerard in the last week, and I asked him about Panera, and he said, love his game. He's working hard. He'll get it going, and we'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, oh, he lost a guy via free agency. Now he knows how it feels. Anyway, <laughs> uh, let's go to the West. And Jody, you mentioned Seattle a little bit ago. Are you ago. still bitter about Panarin? No. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Seattle Kraken right now because, you know, after what Vegas did when they came in their first year as an expansion team, they went all the way to the Stanley Cup final. And then Seattle comes in, and yes, the rules had changed in the draft, but Ron Francis wasn't expecting at all to do what the Vegas Golden Knights had done. He was drafting in the expansion draft and then in the regular draft for uh, to put together a team that is going to be good in the long haul. And here they are in year two, and look at them. They've got 31 points coming into play tonight. Uh, they're 14-5-3. and three. They've found a good mix there, and they've put it together, and they have clicked. Yeah, they picked up Burkowski, who, you know, one of those, again, underrated players, won a Stanley Cup in, in Colorado last season. You know, you add a couple pieces at the right time. Matty Beneers, their second-line centerman, is a top one of the top picks in the National Hockey League. And when you have a one centerman who's actually Alexander Wenberg, and there, and he slots in as the second line centerman, uh, you know, you're building for the future, but he plays a full 200 foot game. I got to watch him play a couple times, and you know, it's impressive what he does away from the puck. And he's with some pretty good veteran guys there, but I love the Yanni Gordon Tanev. So when you think of a, a team, you have to have different personalities. You have to have different players. You have to have players that understand their role within the team. 
So they're a team like the Blue Jackets a few years ago. They got to win with by committee. You know, it takes all four lines, all the defensemen, and they understand that. So great environment for them. They're dangerous. And I do think teams still, just at the beginning of the season, took them lightly. And, you know, that ha- that happens with teams, right? The Blue Jackets, I thought they took the uh, the Arizona Coyotes lightly after Patrick Laine returned, and you let down, and there's a little bit of that human nature element. Teams still overlooked them a tad. Maybe not today, but I think in the first 15 games they did. I thought you were going to say they're like the Blue Jackets because they had Wenberg and, and uh, Bjorkstrand. now Bjorkstrand. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And Bjorkstrand only has three goals. Wenberg has five. So a uh, different sequence of events there. But, you know, Wenberg out there as a top-line centerman is doing a, a very good job. You know, he's a player that obviously was frustrated here with the Blue Jackets, and the Blue Jackets were frustrated with him, wanting him to shoot more. But he's a guy who understands the game so well. He's got Burakovsky and Jaden Schwartz out there. He knows his role as a defensive centerman. He wins draws. He's good on the penalty kill. He's involved in the power play. So he's getting that opportunity that he's been waiting for. I did talk to him when I was out there covering the uh, Seattle for one game, and he still would love to be a part of the Columbus Blue Jackets. He still loved this area. He loved the team. He, he said it's unfortunate it didn't work out. Well, let's uh, let's stay in the West because the Blue Jackets will play Winnipeg on Friday on the road, something they haven't done for about a month, go on the road. Uh, Winnipeg is in second place in the Central Division. They've got 29 points. They're right behind the Dallas Stars. And the Dallas Stars, with Pete DeBoer now as the head coach, they really came out of the gate strong, and they've had some pretty exciting games so far this year. Yeah, that it's kid, incredible. Uh, that kid Robertson has really uh, picked up. Talking the, about him as uh, the MVP in the league before well, it's all said and done. fact of the matter is, he was a holdout in training camp yeah. and uh, finally agreed to sign just prior to the start of the season. Uh, he uh, <laughs> He's such a good player offensively that Peter DeBoer said the other day, yeah, he can score, but I like the way he plays a 200-foot game. He's more impressed with his defensive game than he is with his offense, and he's once the, one of the leaders in the National Hockey League in goals scored. All the coaches say that, don't they, Jody? Yes. Oh, always worried about always worried about the defense. You can have 35 goals, but if you play good defense, we'll talk about that first. Well, I'll tell you, Bob, that's what shows up in the video. It's not the goals that show up in the video for the coaches itself. It's the play that happened 15 seconds before where it was a good play by the defenseman off the shot or in coverage or center in the right position. So uh, that is, as a player – that's the compliment you want in front of your peers. So, you know, it, it's good for him. But you're right. That, that's something they – I think they have to point it out, Bob. And, and when you fu- talk about the Winnipeg Jets, man, that that's a team that finally last year they were so disappointing with how they played. But you know what? It seems like they found their groove. And I was watching last night. That Hellebuck is so big in that. And he's playing big again. And, Bob, I know you watched the goalie position because your son was a goaltender but it, and you see it a little differently or he sees it a lot differently of course playing a position that we don't really understand but yeah I get the breakdowns to, I get the calls and the breakdowns uh. <laughs> yeah to me it's like he looks like he's playing to his size again I don't know if that's confidence I don't know if that's an adjustment uh, I don't know if it's a system they're playing but Rick Bonus has been around ho- uh, professional hockey for uh, I would say what is it four decades or longer now and for him to go in there and with his attitude and what he's got that team doing, good on him because it was, he's one of the great guys in the National Hockey League. I'm glad you mentioned bonus. Jody, again, going back to being a player and, and giving us that uh, psyche in the dressing room. Bonus goes in 
and almost immediately rips the C off Wheeler's jersey, and everybody else takes a step back. What are your thoughts on that? And certainly a guy that uh, perhaps got the message maybe more clearly than anybody else was Shifley because there were some issues with Shifley, and a bad attitude was one of them. And yet in comes a new coach, and the first thing he does is rip the C off his buddy. You know, it could be refreshing, and it looks like it has been because sometimes you have veteran players who get stuck in their routine and things have to be a certain way and everything goes through them. But once you humble them a little bit, I guess you will. And I saw it with Joe Thornton in San Jose. You know, he was the captain. Uh, they took that off him, gave it to Joe Pavelski. And how does he react? But how does the rest of the team react? You still respect the player immensely. But the message is well received by the entire team and the entire, especially those two veteran guys. I give I give Wheeler credit. I mean, I give him a lot of credit. He's in a market that is, uh, you know, a lot of free agents don't end up deciding to go to Winnipeg. They have to find those guys in trades and entice them to stay there with the way they play. But he's playing a great brand of hockey right now. He's settled in and playing, taking his role. And that says a lot about him. So I think it's a great move. I think if you're going to go change something, you can't expect things to change if you don't change yourself. And, and I think that Rick Bonus had that message to them and he made the change and, and they followed. So that's a, uh, that's a great point, Jeff, because that really galvanizes the room in a different way. It could go the other way. And if it does, they would have moved Wheeler out of there, but right now it's gone the right way. Another guy I want to mention in that room, a former blue jacket, here we go again, is Pierre-Luc Dubois. And uh, I'm sure his eyes were opened as well when Bonus came on and, and took the C away from, uh, from Wheeler. But if you recall, over the summer, the rumors were out that Dubois didn't even want to re-sign there. He eventually re-signed for two years, but the word is he wanted to be traded to Montreal or wanted to play for the Canadians. Well, with the new coach in there, and again, give credit to Bonus, he's got Dubois playing superbly, and Pierre, for the first time, Pierre-Luc, for the first time in his career, is on a 40-goal pace, and uh, that speaks volumes for a guy that uh, maybe didn't want to stay there after originally wanting to leave the Blue Jackets and go to Winnipeg. So the guy- Yeah, he's got to stop doing that. I mean, it's it's like you just got to play where you're at, and, and things take care of themselves. And if I was his advisor or a friend of his, I would give him that advice, you know. Take care of your business where you're at. You ask to leave one market. Don't go around asking to leave another one. It's just a bad look, and sometimes when you're chasing something like playing at home and is home province of Quebec for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, you know, there'll be a time and a place for that, but it's not the time and the place to go find your game. So for him, uh, he should appreciate where he's at and, and thrive because, you know, if you're going to play a long career, things work out exactly like they should. Well said. I don't think you can, can't beat that one, right, Jeff? Not at all. Yeah. Well done, Jody. Appreciate that. So the Blue Jackets and the Winnipeg Jets coming up on Friday night in Winnipeg, 8 o'clock face-off here in Columbus. Uh, Pre-game coverage starts at 7.30. I'll have it for you on the Blue Jackets radio network. Jeff and Jody will be on Bally Sports Ohio on Friday night. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Fun talk today. It was. As always, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on, Jeff. Great job, Bob. Good catching up with you guys. And uh, look forward to a busy weekend and week starting, well, Friday in Winnipeg, then we got the big Detroit game on Sunday at 6. And then hold on, it's a fast and furious one next week. That's right. Get no, to see the Penguins. That's right. The Penguins on Tuesday. No show next Wednesday because the Blue Jackets will be at home against the Buffalo Sabres as well. So, well, you know what they say, Jody, tis the season, right? 
That's right. To be jolly. <laughs> Happy holidays. All right. That's going to do it for the Inside Edge. Thanks for joining us. For Jeff Rimmer, Jody Shelley, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long. Get out of the house and do something fun with your family and friends this weekend at the Ohio Health Chiller Ice Rinks. Join us for public ice skating every Saturday and Sunday afternoon at one of our three great locations in Dublin, Easton, and Lewis Center. Suitable for ages four and up. Family and group rates available. Visit thechiller.com for exact times and pricing. Escape to the ice at your Ohio Health Chiller Ice Rinks. The coolest place in town for family fun.